G'day there, faithful listener. Another episode of the podcast for you. I hope that you have time to listen to this in the busy week schedule of most people that I know, most people that I've been talking to. It's been a hell of a week down here in Australia, and I'm sure across the world you would have seen it. It's been a hell of a two weeks. I can't stress enough the amount of pandemonium that has been going on in this country, and the sheer divide of mentality between people has gotten even further. The past few years have been one of a huge political divide, and now it seems almost as if either side is becoming foot soldiers for one another. The anger is prevalent, and the anger is actually quite present in even the most generic of people when it comes to politics, people who don't want to involve themselves. This is something that is best kept an eye on because it may impact your future. We are often used as an example for the rest of the world. I can think by instinct the first one to come to mind was firearm regulations. So if we're being used as an example of things, then maybe it might be that your country might implement things such as we have implemented them. I remember, I recall rather, that earlier on when the vaccines were being rolled out for this virus going around, that we held off until we had quote-unquote full approval, until we had a full reassurance that they were going to be competent when the testing phases were still going on. So yeah, watch out for that. Watch out for the similarities between what's going on with the government over here and the government over there. And I assure you that I do not support what's going on over here. Am I taking a side there? Kinda. I mean, sides don't matter anymore. The left and right basically agree on this 100%. All the divide between states is just the states congregating of themselves and disobeying federal law, disobeying federal commonwealth union. It's it's not left and right anymore. It's just the fact that you can have a left or right is under compromise, is currently compromised. So by all means, keep track of what's going on. Keep news and updates as to what the regulations are, especially on the eastern coast. And my gosh, I would love it if you were... Check out my Patreon. No, no, God, no. That's okay. I do these things for free, but if you want to donate to me on my Patreon, I would be very happy. I will be stoked at that. So, I'm going to continue on. We're going to start with the list items like always, and uh, I hope you like my outro that I put together just quickly. I had a few references to films in there. As I recall, there was uh, Network from the 1970s. There was... Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, I believe. There was some track audio from Metal Gear Solid. That was what the speech was about congregating communities and truth inside them being let out. There was a lot of different references in there, a lot of different pieces, as well as Sir Oswald Mosley having a speech. I would really like it if you go look up who Enoch Powell was, by the way. That's someone else I might bring up in the future. But anyway, thank you so much for listening, and let's get into it. uh. Today we're going to be doing 46 to 53, okay? Item number 46, feign disbelief and do so loudly. I can't believe that they would do this. I, I couldn't ever imagine them doing what they have done. You've heard this one. This one's actually pretty normal. This happens all the time. People act dumb. Feigning disbelief and doing so even louder than normal means that people get the idea that you had nothing to do with it. If you do it loudly instead of quietly, then people don't ask you a question. They go, oh, well, how could they have known? They had nothing to do with it. They would have no reason to know what they are bringing up now about this very suspicious event, this very strange thing, that this disappeared body, this kidnapping, this, this political party that's been sabotaged, this explosion, this killing. They would have nothing to do with that, would they? Oh, They can't believe it. They don't know how this could ever possibly happen. It's an obvious one. It's a pretty common one. It's just playing the idiot, really. 
Number 47, make the most of typos or spelling mistakes. This one is particularly vicious. When someone is having an argument with you when it requires text, or when someone mispronounces something in a speech, or when someone misreferences something, maybe they get the dictionary definition wrong or a synonym wrong, or they can't work out what it means, they have made a mistake in their spelling, and that means that they don't understand the English language. That means that they don't understand whatever language they're speaking in or writing in or communicating in, and that means that you can swoop in and you can claim victory because they clearly don't know what they are talking about. They have made a typo in the word conglomerate or the word economy. They have made a typo in the word genocide, so clearly they don't know what they're talking about. You know, this seems stupid. This seems really stupid, but you can attack someone's credentials and their credibility because they are supposed to be an expert on this. As well as that, if they're not an expert on it, you can attack their ability to understand the topic simply because of a typo. It's weak, it's mean, it's stupid, but people still fall for this. And you'd be surprised at how often people will look at it and go, that person had a spelling mistake in their work. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, good job, idiot. <laughs> it's, uh, it's rather disheartening, to say the least. Number 48, claim easy or moderately difficult to source evidence is not able to be found. So therefore the argument is wrong. So for an example here, I couldn't find out these sorts of gays locations. I couldn't find these sorts of gays you're bringing up on the forum. So, I mean, that must mean that, that bug chasing, uh, it never happens. Nobody ever has little cults that go around spreading viruses and bugs through sex voluntarily. It doesn't, doesn't happen. I couldn't find it. Just because you are inadequately able to source something doesn't necessarily mean that the argument that there has been proposed is wrong. Sure, they're supposed to source something credible and something that is actually there with the argument. But if I burn the book, if I'm book burning, a big old rack pile, what can I do? What can I do? Sure, there's something else somewhere else where you can infer from that the point that is made in this literary work too. Sometimes studies compound on each other in previous findings. Surely there's something you can compound on there. Surely there's something that you can use to help you out. Surely this one resource going missing is not part of the crucial point, the only point, the single point made in all of my argument. Surely there is other things that you can draw on. Even just thinking rationally, like, would this would this be true? Is it likely this is true? Not necessarily absolutely, because the resource is botched and gone. Is this likely to happen? That is something to consider. This tactic of denying it, or this tactic of saying that the argument is wrong, is based on the idea that we are people who are basically machine robots and that we can't can't think and make connections intuitively or rationally. We just have to look at the paper and then say, the paper, no say the thing you say, so therefore you're wrong. Like that's the way that we're supposed to look. This is a hardline empiricist trick. This is a trick to trick hardline empiricist. That's what it does. And you shouldn't fall for it. You should never fall for it. Maybe go look for it yourself. Maybe look for the title. Maybe look for the resource. Don't be lazy. Number 49, create divisions, but never solutions. This is easy. Divide and conquer. So one day when we're talking about the war of the sexes, women are shit. But then the next day, men are shit. And then the next day, women are shit. Just eternally divide and conquer. Keep creating infinite divisions, but never a solution. You ever see a tactics in war? You ever see a strike line against a protest or a strike? Do you know one of the tactics is to just aggress them and herd them into different areas, lanes, parts of the urban environment they're in, or whatever environment they're in at the time, and break them up? This is what that does. There is no more mob. There is no more protest. There is no more group. It is just the authority or the aggressor and a small band of miscreants multiplied by however many there are left. Always create division. Always critique. 
culture of critique. Just create this culture of critique. Never create a proper solution. And the solutions, make them divide even further. If you have to make them, make them foolhardy solutions. Make them terrible solutions that, that end up with people being further and further divided. Just do that and see where it gets, huh? Number 50. We're almost there to 64. Make meaningless trash comments and flood the discussion with them. Open up the floodgates to the fecal matter of dialogue. Just flood it all through and just start insulting. Just start getting rude and crass, headstrong, foolhardy. Let them know how mean you really are. Meaningless. Trash. Just make stupid comments. This is a good way to explode a thread into what I've previously talked about with the emotion in arguments. Number 51, make a group seem inferior in some way to disregard everything they say, no matter how rational or logical they seem. Inferior groups are basically a way of life. You have to understand that equality is a false god. The idea that everybody is going to be lacking in inferiority and superiority itself is one that is against nature. I don't have to argue that. My point being that if you make a group feel inferior in some way, shape, or form, people won't want to be with it. Because in the most basic instinct of people, they have the idea of a conversion of might is right when it comes to arguing because the goal is to best them like it is combat in the ring. I'm not saying might is right is correct. What I'm saying is is that it's, a, it's basically like the idea of a debate turned into an argument in the ring. If you make the enemy seem like they are inferior in any way, intellectually, philosophically, perhaps... They are inferior because of their origin, their identity. Perhaps they are inferior because they take the side of an enemy. Be disregarded on the basis that they are lesser, that we should not admire these lesser people. Even people who are the most into equality and a utopian society where nobody is higher or lower than others will still regard the people who want to have a hierarchical society as inferior as being brutes, savages, as being people who are too obsessed with authority and the reign that it brings. Number 52. Claim that the only solutions are two extremes. For example, so what? You either take on millions of Africans and accept them openly, or you massacre them and they kill millions of children by doing that. So this is in regards to the argument of Back to Africa. Back to Africa is a proposal taken by white nationalists usually in America, but also by white supremacists across the globe. The idea is that they don't want to commit any genocide. They don't want to start killing and shooting or stabbing and ending the lives of a bunch of innocent Africans. So what they do instead is they have the idea of taking the money that's given to them in welfare payments, like the government sends them, for anything really, any government payments and then giving a one-time payment there may be a short-term increase but a long-term the costs that they incur upon the u.s economy or any other economy would be gone because they have been sent right back to africa the idea is stemming from this proposal that you either take on millions of africans and accept them openly from africa refugees quote-unquote or you massacre them and kill millions of children this is what was used to bring on this idea this peaceful idea well as peaceful as it is to shove a gun in someone's face and tell them go back to where you came from when they didn't come from there sometimes you get what i mean it's a better idea than massacre and killing millions of people the argument is designed to create extremes and this was a solution to those extremes there we go i've offered you a solution before i give you the basis of the original forum destroying argument number 53 
Start a rage thread. Get everyone all worked up. Get them fiery in their hearts and minds. Get them all crazy. This isn't just about emotion. This is about you don't have to antagonize them at all. All you have to do is show a really horrifying, disgusting, despicable thing and create a thread entirely devoted towards people rampaging and going crazy, just letting out all their inner demons, just going with this sheer lust for violence. This can be done rather often. And I would say that it's easier to do because of the way the sporadic motion comes out of political parties and political people with the left, because they get rather passionate about these sorts of things rather easily. And I've seen some rather rude and hostile comments from them compared to the right who make it very angry, but the majority of them are, react to it like another dystopian, or to them a dystopia, another dystopian reaction. Oh, it's happening again. Get them all worked up over something that never happened. Get them all worked up over a fake crisis or something that's astroturfed or something that is just plain fabricated and then you make them look like idiots. But you could also give them just the truth. If they're just angry, maybe you'll incline them to be more participant in more extreme activities. You just have to try and make them angry, really angry. And anger will fuel hate and hate will fuel their retaliation. I imagine some of you might want to be politically active in the future. You might want to do some postering, some leafleting. You might want to go out and uh, make your voice heard, make your party known. Choose a certain style, choose a certain message and whittle it down. Use a bit of your English skills, use a bit of your uh, comprehension skills as well for your audience and, you know, your dialect, whatever it is. Use some local features to it. All politics is local politics, never forget that. Use some stylistic choices that reflect that of your party and the imagery which is usually associated with you in entertainment and media. Use what you have at hand artistically and verbally to convince them as well as you can. Use what you have at hand artistically and linguistically in any way to convince them of what you're trying to say. Keep it succinct and keep it obvious. I'm not going to give you the very minute details of how the message should be conveyed nor how should it be structured really, but I am going to tell you some basic ideas of uh, using things like colors and fonts and using presentation features as part of your work. So you want to do some postering. When it comes to fonts, uh, Futura is a nice, neutral, simple font. It's great for headlines. It's used by Volkswagen in their advertising. Optima is a great, elegant font that has a hint of simplicity used by Aston Martin. Helvetica is a wonderful simplicity coming from Helvetica. And then you have Impact which is a great font to use for headlines or very important points. Impact is the notorious meme font. You would have seen on all those memes circulating Facebook, the top text, bottom text memes. Yeah, those ones. Here's a note to use a black outline on your letters, even if your letters are random colors, because anything with a black outline can be read on any other color. A white outline can be read on barely anything. If you have light colors, dark colors, you should probably use the white outline instead of the black one, but the black one is what you want to use more generally. Okay, let's get on to marketing mood rings. And this is like astrology, pseudoscience to a level, but there is a marketing psychology behind it. It's very simple. If you want to use red and blue, so red, it's associated with like intensity, energy and strength, food sometimes as well, and danger, which is ironic. But still, Maccas has the red, and that's supposed to cause hunger. Isn't that interesting? Blue is trust and security. It's very corporate. You often see in dystopian films the level of a blue tint to things. In other films where there's some sort of level of corporate officialness to things, there is a blue tint. In a lot of crime dramas and cop dramas, there's a blue tint to things. It's very secure and corporate, but also it's all supposed to convey a sense of faith and wisdom. Orange is used for hotness, aggressiveness, but it's also used for things like success and the youth and 
Youthfulness. Purple is used for royalty. We all know this. It's one of the rarest colors in nature. And then you have luxury, and it's also supposed to be calming, soothing, mysterious. Then you have yellow, which is optimistic, cheerful, energetic. It's also associated with food. Black, which is powerful, formal, and sophisticated. Then you have black, which is powerful, formal, and sophisticated. Green, which is usually about wealth or nature. That's funny. Wealth or nature. Freshness as well. Freshness, uh, Woolworths, supermarket, they use green a lot. The idea of green, green, earthy things, not brown, because brown reminds people of poop. And then an easy color for the eye to process too. With white, you think of clean, positive. And usually white and a very light blue or a very stark blue is associated with the medical profession. White is associated with cleanliness. Social media. You want to be on social media as often as you can. You want to spread out your social media as far as you can make it. You want to be everywhere and you want to have contact. You want to have relatability. You know all those fast food chains who have all those relatable comments and all those relatable accounts? Yeah, you want to be doing that. But again, I'm not going to get too far into that sort of thing. Just the basics of uh, how to structure things like posters and advertisements. Where are you going to post these things? Well, that's an interesting question. Here's an idea, okay? So if you want to post to Facebook, I suggest you do it on weekdays, uh, somewhere in the morning, 6 to 8 a.m., and then about 2 to 5 p.m. in the afternoon. You don't want to do it on the weekends from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. You want to do Facebook when people are likely to wake up in the morning and check it, or in the afternoon when they're likely to check it. You want to do it in those time periods. For Twitter, for the best times, you want to do the weekends, about 1 to 3 p.m. The worst times are about 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., LinkedIn. I don't know why you'd be on LinkedIn, but the best times are usually 7 to 8.30, then 5 to 6 p.m. The worst times are on Monday, start of the work week, and Friday, the end of the work week, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. With Facebook, you're not going to be trying to check people on Facebook during work hours because that will cause up conversations employers don't want. So instead, you want to stay out of that time period. With tweets, you want to structure them short and sweet and you want to get to a, a very big point. With tweets, you want to make sure that you're interactive and you can reply to whatever is being thrown at you. You want to make sure that the shorter your tweet is and the funnier it is, that that's more focused for your directive for how to advertise yourselves. Humor is a big appreciation, even if you're a very serious cause. But if you're going to tweet out very serious things, then you want to play to the emotions. Very short and sweet with tweets, that's how it goes. Use about two hashtags if you can for the tweets. Try that. In the great news media, in the media in general, there is this pariah that is the image of the user of the website 4chan. 4chan has been growing in popularity with the recent generation finding videos such as that of internet historians look into the different activities taken in the 4chan environment. 4chan is not just the board poll and B. Trust me when I say that the image being given to you that 4chan is a bunch of alt-right Nazis is not only such a micro scale that it is inevitably going to be wrong every time you actually go there, for example, even if you go to the poll board where there is the literal actual Nazis being talked about, you will find out that it's a very different place to what people have said it is. It's not the horrifying example that they keep telling you it is. Trust me when I say that. Well, it should be elaborated that this board full of people who are being lauded as being the alt-right trolls which have brought America to its knees, have brought the rest of the world into a state of despair. The place that people want to ban and the place people don't want to be around anymore. This place that is full of the enemies of the state, that is full of people who are said to be alt-right terrorists, far-right extremists, it's still on the internet. And it's still there because all of these claims are usually nebulous and extreme cases. Not only that, this place is actually full of the enemies who need to keep it alive. Why do they need to keep it alive? People come to this 
place to congregate and discuss. And they come there to congregate and discuss because they get nowhere else to go. But now, because it's such an open forum and it's so open, and 8chan, Hot Wheels, the owner of that, has closed that down, this is the place where they get attacked. This is the place where people from foreign areas of the internet who hate these particular people who frequent this place mosh together, mash up to become a big, great cesspool of hate, vitriol against one another. Some of it by design, most of it by design really now. There are people who are lured here under the premise that it's the basis for the resistance against all the things that are going against them in life. The basis of the people who are making the change in the world from all the memes and all the initiatives they've seen such as the Syrian one where Syria general calls an airstrike on terrorists or maybe the capture the flag initiative that was taken when Shia LaBeouf had a flag which was part of he will not divide us and was taken promptly by the same people who were on that board. You see the idea of this being a community solely of those in poll of solely the idea of the poll is something that is misguided. This place is shilled and is torn apart 24-7. If you go there and you just stay there for a day or you just look at the discussion you might find it abhorrent you might find it distasteful but this place is actually way way overblown in the threat it is am i some sort of ambassador am i trying to cover up some sort of horrible thing they did no i would encourage you to go over there and check it out for at least three hours just read what is posted there if you have taken in all that i have said so far then you will easily be able to spot some of the techniques of forum destruction and political subversion that i have spoken about in this place it is not hard to find it and i suggest that you go and do that as soon as you can. This narrative that 4chan is the bedrock of the Nazi initiative of the world is completely overblown and in fact has been done to, for the most part, lure in people who are willing to check it out on their own volition, on their own political taste, into an open hotbed which is going against the mainstream media and therein it is still alive, it is still around. If it wasn't still alive and still around, then it would be obviously a true enemy that is not worth keeping around. It is worth keeping around because the great federal agencies, the great bodies of investigation, as well as that, the public and private businesses, the public and private people who have gone on to shill this place, to destroy this place, to demoralize in this place, profit from this. It is something that is like a controlled forum in a way. I'm not going to blame the person who owns the site. I am going to say that the place is moderated by janitors who truly don't understand the word janitor or what that means for being an administrative body, an administrative group. In fact, they work against the true people who are there. Yes, Paul has some sort of cohesive ideology behind it. There has always been conflict, but there has always been a majority of people who are there. And now the majority are people who disagree with that. Are they paid to do it? I would argue that a lot of them are paid to do it. Yes, there's a lot of payment going on there for what they are trying to do. You have to understand, I go there very constantly. Why do I go there constantly? Because there is alternative news sources to what people are just plastered on the mainstream paid corporate news media. Does that mean that I'm watching Alex Jones? No, that doesn't mean that I'm watching anything like that. And I'm not going to discredit Alex Jones either. Because why? Because Infowars can get really kooky and weird, but by all means, even that is more interesting than watching the dull and indoctrination-heavy news sources that we call our prized media, the trustworthy sources. I go there because this is a place that offers an international view on news, which also includes that people who aren't afraid to speak out against it. But at the same time, from a meta perspective, I can see the people who go there, or if they're even people, there's a lot of bots on there who go there to try and destroy this form for what it is, to try to demoralize and spread fake news for the fact that they spread it because they are either A, really gullible, be doing it to poison the well. There's a lot of well poisoning that goes on in that place. And I will say that I've been well poisoned before, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't trust 
everything that comes out of that place, everything that is posted there. Essentially, what I'm saying, go look, go explore the place. And if you've noticed anything that I have said to you about forum sliding, political subversion, forum destruction in the past podcasts, then please keep in mind, this place has that happening 24-7 and the people administrating it aren't going to clean it up properly anytime soon and they don't like to. They only clean up things which are risky to take the site down and that's pretty much it. Or the obvious, terribly done, not subversive, not smart in any way, things like spam, but the bots even slip through and it's not hard to let them slip through. I've seen the same thread pop up five times with the same picture in the past about week. That's disgusting. For all the words that have been said against this place, this place sort of formed a community around itself. And this community was kind of like that in Fight Club. It was the community that has become such because the middle children of history, the participants in Fight Club from the movie Fight Club, a very culturally impactful movie, and one that is seen by the right as being quite relevant, not just the anti-capitalist left. The poor sods who go there and genuinely want to go there are the middle children of history. They will get the short end of the stick every time, and they are living lives that are not only ignored, but suppressed. So they go to this place to retreat to disgust because they've got nowhere else to go, and the walls keep getting smaller and smaller. But this place is kept alive because the other places, like HM, where things get more serious, or the other places of discussion otherwise, are either too fringe, not available directly to be advertised, because if you even try to advertise them, they come up as being under fire from all sorts of entities. No, 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 this one, this big popular one that can easily be reached, this one is used because private and public interests are able to go there to sabotage the discussion there. But other than that, if we just go away from the poll section of it, the politically incorrect section of it, the site actually has a wide, broad expanse of varied and interesting conversation. And there's plenty of resources there to optimize whatever task you are looking to perform, whatever hobby you are looking to pursue. I would highly suggest the DIY board, that is a favorite of mine. The board for science and mathematics gets a lot of shit posts going on it, but uh, other than that, I think it's pretty good occasionally for very in-depth discussion if you are passionate about these things. There is a differentiation between blue boards and, well, I'll call them red boards, but they're basically orange boards. Orange boards are the ones that can basically have not safe for work material, like perhaps pornography posted on them. Blue boards are the ones that are isolated into a different URL called 4channel, but they're still part of the greater 4chan website. If you're going into somewhere like V or A, you're going there because of your hobby, although V is pretty notorious for all the things it's released in the past, so I wouldn't be surprised if you had heard of them already. Basically, if you're looking for a really entertaining and good site to check out, go head out there. But remember, it has its own implicit board cultures and it has its own way of discussing things. It's not Reddit and if you act like it's on Reddit, it's not Reddit. Just keep that in mind. It's not Reddit. Don't act like it's Reddit. You will get chewed apart. You will get torn by teeth gnawing and gnashing at you. Don't do it. First of all and most of all, head over to Poll if you really think it's the haven of all the Nazis and look at how obviously it is not a haven of them. In fact, it is rather a haven of a absolute clusterfuck. Sorry to swear, but that is the truth. It is a cluster of conversation and political ideologies. And a lot of it is just fake. All of it, I would say on some days, is just 80% fake. Just fake. And it's despicable. So in fewer words, a bit more of an exact assessment, here is how poll works now, all right? Arguments and discussion involve sophistry, through and through. 
The goal is to convince your opponent of your point just to come out as the victor, or at least apathetic in the eyes of people who are just watching, not posting, including pissing your opponent off, making them stumble, making them fall over themselves, or making them fall over you. Nobody's arguing in good faith anymore. If they are arguing in good faith, they are certainly the minority. That's part of the issue. And the further the argument goes, the less chance they are going to argue in good faith. Neuro-linguistic programming plays a part too. People in terms are just omitted, ignored. They're not worth defending, which you don't want to debate. Basically, if you don't want to debate it, then you won't keep it in. And there'd be people who might even just start throwing out insults if they don't want to keep up uh, relevance of what they've pulled up. There is the necessity to make sure that people name drop and repeat words and names that you want stuck in people's heads. The biggest issue and probably the most prominent one is AI and humans shills. They're susceptible to repeating the same thing over and over again, which actually there are humans too who will just straight up act like a robot. They will repeat the same thing over and over again until the only recent information you've taken in is all you can really think about. This is even if you don't believe it. It's been firehosed at you day in, day out, day in, day out. And this is constant. There, there is no concern for uh, what was previously there. And this is why a lot of things get memory hold. It's a constant assault on the senses and the memory. And it's never ending because it is done once again by AI and people who are paid or unpaid to shill or raid this place. Then we have the irony poisoning. Everyone who pretends to be a shill for something ends up spreading the idea whether they're being ironic or not. You can do this for a joke, you can do this to be ironic, you are still spreading it. It's like the idea of doing things ironically, but in the same time still doing them. Oh no, I didn't I didn't hurt that person, I only hurt them ironically. It's still spreading it. There was a case, this is completely unrelated to this, but there was a case of Nick Fuentes, his friend Catboy Kami, got under fire because he was on video sucking a, he was basically having intimate relation with a horse dildo. This is the sort of thing that got people against Nick Fuentes, because what was the excuse was is he's doing it ironically okay all right say i bust into your home and then kill you is that okay because i'm doing it ironically this is a problem then we have clickbait which is lust inducing images or provocative bait statements there's actually a good meme that went circulated about this where it has someone who is like a shill or whatnot holding up the picture and it's a picture of the post format and then it has lust provoking image and then irrelevant time wasting question as the caption the subtitle or the thread topic and that happens a lot that happens so much that you will find that a lot of the content that comes out of the place is just bait or empty or is made to agitate at this point it should be kept secret it should be that fight club is not to be talked about but at this point it's not even fight club anymore it's not it's not a secretive place to go it's a place that's been exposed and is kept exposed and if you go over there and you get a good opinion on these people if you go over there and review it you get red-pilled on these people by actually looking into their true behaviours, you will find out that it's not actually these people at all. There is no these people. Whenever they talk it and talk about the idea of poll, they are collectively organising people as per a method by Shields to attack that which was the middle children of history, the Fight Club, who took to this place for their own discussion, which are a dissolved and heavily burdened group as it is now. There is no more poll as like a collective user identity, such that there is no 4chan used as a collective user identity identity. These are all standalone complexes that have formed together under the narrative that they are the part of the, the Nazi old right. Sure, they were like this a bit more cohesive and intact before as a group, and there have been examples of things like generals, where a bunch of like-minded people congregate and often uh, frequent. Then you have people who are literally part of groups and initiatives that are on the board. But the idea of them all being one cohesive poll is just way behind in the times. It's not the case anymore. And if you want to count that, then the calamity, the pandemonium that is day-to-day -day in that place will show you how you are wrong. 
Just a quick note here. Yes, this board, this poll board, is where a lot of the discussion happens over the COVID-19 virus as well as the vaccinations. Should I talk about it? Should I talk about what's going on in the current climate of the discoveries made between the vaccinations and the actual virus and the prevalence within the, within the world and within different Western countries? No. Why shouldn't I? Even if there is political manipulation, subversion, or political change at hand. I like living. Time for some examples, I guess. Has 4chan in the past, or what was the collective entity known as 4chan on poll in the past, actually had any sort of initiative to leaflet physical, political, social environment? Well, yes, they have. Multiple. But of course, they were often spread out between different sub-factions of the poll regular board. One of the poll regular board initiatives was called the Red Stick Program, or called the Red Stick Initiative. The Red Stick is no lipstick. It's a USB. A USB filled with red pills, information, informative things that kind of conquer the normie worldview. Just left somewhere, lying around for the curious person to plug in their computer and get going investigating. There was HTML pages which also popped up. Uh, there was simple web pages that popped up. I remember I had one of them on file, but I've deleted most of it for now because the project was abandoned. It's pretty obvious that if you start leaving around random USBs everywhere, people are going to be a bit sus, a bit suspect. I don't like saying the word sus in Anymore, of what's the contents in there and could there be malware could there be a virus of course but the idea was to make them visible red you know like visible things that excite the curiosity what's this red usb just doing sitting here that's not very uh, common normal what was the success of this program i'm sure some people somewhere got the idea of it and they headed off to the resources and they used them but the problem was is a lot of the resources being utilized were ones that were compiled together from easily quote-unquote debunked materials and they find all these different infographs that go completely 100 hard like turning it up to 11 on the audience it there was no level of communication there was no level of translation there was just the idea of you're going to accept it as is and trying to create communication trying to create the website and whatnot became very suspicious and it didn't work out as well as it could have there was however a leafleting a postering campaign that was done that you may have heard of on the news it was called it's okay to be white all it was was a white paper leaflet it was a piece of white paper with the words it's okay to be white written on them. Why was this started? It started in reaction in 2017. The first event was documented in October. As of News Boston documents, there was racist flyers found on the Boston College campus. The fact that they're described as racist is already the premise as to why this was so successful. The words were saying, don't apologize for being white, not it's okay to be white. But there were Black Lives Matter protests happening at the same time. There was about a thousand students counted as part of the article I'm reading to you, marching in a rally to condemn racist incidents on campus. And then earlier on that month, they go to detail, two Black Lives Matter posters were vandalized in a residence hall to say Black Lives Don't Matter. Look, basically, it really pissed people off. But isn't that funny? All that it took, with all that campaigning from the Black Lives Matter side, the thousand people at rallies, the, all the anti-racist campaigning, and the level of vandalism that happened on two signs, all of this, all of this support, and all of this showing, and all of this outright political certainty of the people who are acting in the view of the eye of the student, of the staff, all the people who are the acceptable, all the people that have normalized their political intensity inside the daily worldview, all of this. And then someone just puts up a poster that says, don't apologize for being white. And it's attacked. It's a news article. And this is how things set off. So the idea was you just get the printed piece of paper and then you put, it's okay to be white on it. One, 
two, three, four, five. It's okay to be white. This is the poll format. This is the way in which they were supposed to present it. And they successfully did. No extra features, no art, no artistry really. Just one poster, five words, basic black text on white paper. It was really easy to replicate and it was very easy to post out there and put in people's faces. At the same time, there was no confusion, absolutely none about what the point was. The point was to just innocently say, it's okay to be white. Now, people on the left who hate this idea, people from Black Lives Matter who abhor the idea, they all see it as some sort of attack. They all see it as some sort of uh, right-wing extremist position. They see it as uh, the all the implications behind it that they keep talking about, it, how it's Nazism, about how it's uh, anti-minority, about how it's, you know, all that stuff. That's all implications implications that they say is from it, but at face value, taken at face value, all it says is it's okay to be white. And this was why it was so potent. I might've talked in the past about how the right wing hijacked the okay symbol and the left ended up making it mean white power, right? This is how that works. It is very obviously a sort of meme. And this meme, it's okay to be white, made the enemy, as it were, seethe. It made them rage, it made them loathsome, it made them start going to absurd lengths to censor this idea that it's okay to be a race, and there was much topic talk about it around the political sphere at the time. This is 2017, by the way, and there have been talks to revive the campaign and continue doing it as years have gone on. Can't do it right now, but it was certainly effective for what it was. It didn't stop just at that place. It went across the US and it went into Canada. I think I even saw some in Australia. I'm not too sure, but I think I recall seeing some. There might have been some in the UK. The idea was to go to somewhere of a white native population, not native as in Aboriginals or Native American Indians. I mean, native as in the majority white population. Go there and just say, it's okay to be white. And it caused madness. It caused utter pandemonium in the minds and the activities of the media, of the partisans, of the people who were anti-white, because they all started showing their cards. Before that, they were always about how they're just in it because of the uh, plight of the brown or black person or whatever. But now, now, they have just had their mask thrown off their face by their own volition, by their own anger. They're sweating under its cover. Throughout 2017, from October throughout November, official statements were put up by the University of Alberta, Harvard University, Montgomery Blair High School, East Tennessee State University, University of Alaska Anchorage, UC Davis, University of Kansas. All of them released public statements, official statements regarding it. Only one of them had comments on site, and that was, from what I'm reading, Harvard University. This was through October, end of October, to the beginning and towards the middle of November, this was all happening, all these official statements. So obviously hit the campuses first, which makes the most sense because, you know, you expect those tertiary education campuses to be the home of politics inside of the community. They they didn't like it. All these uh, liberal-headed universities, they didn't. They weren't very happy what's going on. It's not okay to be white in the eyes of these people, but they never said that before. But now they are saying that this is not okay to be white. There were news articles with video talking about this, going all through US local news, US state news. And remember, for all I'm listening, this is all happening in November of 2017. There is much more 
there was an ocean of articles, and some were even in non-English. I can't even list the examples of sites that there was articles on. So it really hit the press quite hard. And we have headlines like saying, Professor's not okay to be white. Angry bigots putting okay white signs up. It's okay to be white signs found on campus. Nobody says it's not okay to be white. Why my school needs the white racism class. Razors behind St. George posters. Now that one's scary because there were people who were putting razors behind posters. You know what, little anecdotal, but do you know where I also found razors being put behind posters? From the left. And they poster up and down the street. I found razors on those posters before. I don't know if it was a false flag. I don't know if someone put them there themselves, but I know that putting razors on posters so you can't tear them down is certainly something that is a really nasty tactic, but it is done. And then come the forum discussions. There is all these forum discussions that are also listed. There's a whole item list of all the occurrences of it here. And from item list number 267 to 330, we have all these occurrences in forums. That That's a lot of forums just talking about this thing. It really did make the rounds. I'll stop talking excessively about it. It made the rounds. It was very potent. It was extremely effective campaign. It got everybody talking, so to speak. Everybody that mattered, at least. It's okay to be white. Isn't that a far-fetched idea? It's okay to be white. The more that I say it, the more I am going to be labeled an extremist, but that is how powerful this campaign was. I'm not supporting the campaign here. What I am supporting is someone who is able to create this campaign and perpetuate it being so strong. A good example of how leafleting has worked really well with meme culture. The combination of memes, mimetic spread, it's okay to be white. Realizing this pure message will make the enemy trip up and make mistakes and they will ruin themselves over their reaction. It's okay to be white. It makes people mad. The more that I say it, the more angry some people, certain people get. It's okay to be white. Am I white? I'm sure you could tell. It's okay to be white. Now that I remember, yeah, it did make it over here to Australia. And it's interesting how it made it over. There was a big hullabaloo, a big nonsense about it in the news. And there was a bunch of controversy over the statement being racist or not. Incidentally, there was a vote called to determine whether or not it's okay to be white. And it didn't pass. The Australian government voted collectively to say that it is in fact not okay to be white. Think about that for a second. Their excuse was, oh, this is a racist, this is a racist, inexcusable dog whistle. This is a horrible thing to be saying. It's clearly got such demeaning implications of discrimination. Nobody is actually saying it's bad to be white. So then why can't you say that it's okay to be white? Why can't you just be honest and come out to say that it's okay to be white? Why can't you do that? Why do you have to not vote yes? Why do you have to not recognize it? Oh, it's ridiculous. We shouldn't be recognizing these, these political theater attempts inside these filibusters happening towards our political, our democratic process. We shouldn't be realizing these things. We shouldn't be caring for this rabble, this ridiculousness. How dare they come into our chambers and attempt to make a statement for themselves in such a crude and crass way? How dare they seek representation for their... It's okay to be white. And according to the Australian government, it's not okay to be white. Do I get cancelled for saying that? I bet. Do you see why this is so good? Do you see why I like this being into political manipulation and subversion tactics? Because this is the ultimate come at me. This is the kind of thing where the whole culture is known to be against it. And simply saying the words on a piece of paper continued makes them screech in agony as if they have been struck. And they refuse to acknowledge it, despite it being such a simple thing to say. They lie and cheat to get around it. Now that is entertaining. So I might have mentioned the idea of a red pill earlier. 
if I'm using the right recording, that is. So we all know what the idea of a red pill is. It comes from the Matrix, doesn't it? We've all had articles also recently that we've been told about how the brothers who made the Matrix films used it as a metaphor for transgenderism and coming out. Yeah, I've heard that too. Let's go back to the original use of it as being able to have a realization of falsity, lies or misinformation, and the suppressed or hidden truth behind that which is presented in front of you. This idea, this sort of translation Inspiration from Plato's cave, this idea of the red pill, taking a pill, a consumption to see the world as it truly is, the glasses in they live for another one. This idea is part of the set of pills. In 4chan culture, there have been the idea of having these pills for a sort of reveal or explanation and a descriptor for an archetype of set of information, set of data, set of wisdom, set of people and conveying it to you, a type of person, a type of source of information or wisdom being conveyed to you. It's not nonsense. This is a good kind of way to categorize it in slang. If I say that there is a realization of falsity lies, or yada, 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 you know, yada, yada, that's just a red pill, all right? So what is a blue pill colloquially defined as? It is that which is commonly and popularly accepted, which consists of red pill suppression and obscurity. See, the blue pill couldn't exist without the red pill, just as a lie couldn't exist without the truth. The blue pill is a facade, a synthetic construction created in front of and substituting in ways the red pill's if there is no red pill to be had, though there is no blue pill. The red pill is just giving you the right medication to see things as they are. The blue pill is giving you the stuff that makes you delusional, giving you the stuff that gives you the bread and circus. Bread and circus is something some people want to enjoy. I perfectly understand. There are some people who just want to go back to being blue pilled. They want to have this bread and circus and they want to just follow in. But what that ends up being is a very gray and blue world, a humdrum, a matrix where you are just stuck in the day to day and you're basically being harvested like a battery, like a food source by those who know the truth of what's going on. You are the lamb to the slaughter. That's what a blue pill is. And that's part of why people really find it important to red pill you. The problem though is that the attitude about being red pilled is some people tend to treat it like a religious revelation and they get this idea of a holier than thou image of themselves like, I know the truth and you don't. I am Neo, I'm the one. Instead, you should focus on developing yourself a bit better and self-improvement. Once you understand the red pill, you have the access to reality. So use it. And if you can't convey it to other people, then just host it yourself. What is the purple pill? Hmm. Is it a mix of the blue and the red? Is that what it is? Am I understanding elementary colors right? Kind of. It is in a way the slave master pill or the slave lord pill. It is that which is partially red pill, but chooses to enact, in actuality, blue pills for power or means to an end. The type of people who are purple pilled are usually tyrants or slave masters, or well, they are ones who understand perfectly well what they are doing or propagating, well, what they are proposing, what they are proliferating, what they act through is wrong, evil, a lie. But they do it anyway, because they know that it gives them power. It's very much like the left-hand path. It's very much like the idea of becoming God instead of worshipping God, as is described in religion. It's a horrible fate for people who befall this foolishness, and I would not suggest it for anybody. However, there are lessons to be learned in how far the purple pill will go to get what they want. Then there is the gold pill. The gold pill is kind of relevance here. The gold pill isn't just about being gold bucks. Gold pill is basically the worship of wealth and base everything to the acquisition and keeping and monopolizing of wealth. There are certain groups, people, who you may encounter who will like this. And all that glitters is not gold. I wouldn't trust these people if I were you. So you might have heard about uh, white-pilled and black-pilled. 
So these are calling cards, basically. These are easy ways to transform the idea of introducing information or wisdom into the idea that you are consuming medication or you are consuming what needs to be taken, giving something to somebody, like something they can consume and then process and then something of value can go in and something of value can come out. Medication, treatment, maybe so for bad reasons, maybe so for good reasons. So what is the white pill and what is the black pill? The white pill and the black pill are polar opposites. White pills are about assurance, joy, and hope-inspiring things. Smiling puppies, playful kittens. We just found out that there are people who have really happy, healthy babies this year and that there has not been any cases of this X, Y, or Z disease. Thank goodness for that. That is assurance, joy, and hope. What is a black pill? The polar opposite of this, doubt, dread, and hopelessness inspiring. The idea that no matter how hard you try, the absurdities and craziness of life will make someone better than you. And you can't help that. And you can't overcome that. And you will never be able to overcome that, nor best it in any way that you try or ever can. So what's a green pill? It's interesting to talk about, isn't it? Green thumb? Does that mean that you're really into gardening, landscaping? Does that mean they're really into environmentalism? No, it's not. Green pill and brown pill tend to go together. Green pill and brown pill are more kook territory. A lot of the kooks that you might come across are probably either green pilled or maybe even brown pilled. But there is a difference. Let me explain. Green pill is like taking the red pill and then taking, clicking it up a notch. Green pill involves esotericism. It involves tinfoil hattery. It's usually talk about expanding the consciousness and the spirituality of beings rather than the physical conditions or mental conditions. They often also explore things like drugs and drug experiences, like mushrooms. They do things like meditation, and they're right into sage-like practices, full of explorative knowledge and gathered wisdom from people who are unfortunately often hippies of the past. But it also gets one in touch with the spirituality of nature. But going beyond that, the spirituality of the beyond, beyond the physical limitations of things. I'm not going to say that I'm green-pilled, but there's certainly some interesting green-pilled content out there. When you start to convert, if you have too much of a scientific mind, my suggestion is that whenever you look into spirituality, that you start to convert it on a level that reaches back to a practicality. You don't start to analyze it like an empiricist would, like a piece of paper in a scientific study. You start to get it in a metaphorical sense. And this really helps people rationalize what's going on. But the truth is that there is lessons to be learned here, and which is why some of these bits of wisdom about spirituality and consciousness and even the effects that have been rendered by things like taking hallucinogenics, mushrooms, LSD, the experiences of people in this can really be drawn upon, can really act as a potent element for sagehood. The brown pill, though, is a lot scarier. You get a lot of hippies and weirdos on the bad side of the green, but the brown pill can get really nasty. The brown pill is somewhere that can be an extension of the purple pill, but it can also be a sort of extension of the green pill or the red pill conjoined together. The brown pill is about occultism, magics, alchemy, hermeticism, wizard-like practices. The idea is that if all these occult practices actually do something, that brown pills are like that wizard in the forest that you dare not talk about because they commit rather strange and weird rituals, like the witch doctor, basically, who you don't ever want to know about because they, they know too much about the arcane magics and they do some strange experiments and your friends all go missing when you go near them but they seem so happy and nice that's what you think a brown pill person can easily be a tarot card reader or a satanist priest
It can be a person who usually is roaming around with a brown hood and is into some deep, deep occult practices. Or it can just be someone who's a hermit, who lives on their own and has their own care in the middle of the woods. The brown pill is often much more dangerous than the green pill. The worst the green pill often does is destroy itself on drugs. What's the lead pill? The lead pill is basically accepting firearms. How you learn to stop worrying and accept firearms. Firearms and armaments, and the enthusiastic will to use them. Then we have more esoteric ones, more strange ones, like the iron pill and steel pill and the brass pill. The iron pill is like the natural evolution of the red pill. You decide to do something for yourself and you get into working out and self-improvement and fitness. And the iron pill often also coincides with the ideas in the green pill and often is the path to getting the white pill lifestyle. The iron pill is the sort of person that you expect to be at the gym, the gym bras. Steel pill is, from what I recall, basically a combination of the lead pill and the iron pill. Steel pill is, yeah, Rambo. Rambo is a good idea for steel pill. That's going to do it for this episode. Next episode will be the finale of the season, and I might have some more things to say next episode. Maybe I'll go a bit more in-depth in things. I'm not really thinking of it to be a grand ending episode, and I think this deserves a grand ending. I think it's good enough as it is. And don't you dare criticize me. I am above criticism. I make works of perfection, okay? And you can't touch what I am bringing. I'm a big tease. What's going on in Australia right now? The truckies are threatening to have a strike which will cut into the supply lines. I can't talk about the political manipulation and subversion present within the government right now, although it is basically tyrannical, and I will say that. I can say that. What's going on right now is something that is something you could you should really just follow the news and take whatever the basic news is saying with a grain of salt. Check on social media. There's enough angry people to talk about it. It's very it's getting very difficult for people to discuss about these things without becoming soldiers for either side and seeing each other as soldiers. And I will say the conversation is kind of a dead end now and it's all broken apart. But not to worry, not to worry. The best thing to do in this time is to figure out how you're going to bug out, despite the fact that the back roads are blocked off in some places and you can't go out into the foreign towns. I heard that a foreign, I heard that a town that is up from the metropolitan area in Victoria called Shepparton has like a, a town of 20, 20? No, like 10,000 people maybe. And they have their shops shut, like grocery stores too, and they can't get supplies in and the military is giving them rations, but they won't let the shops reopen again. I heard that the rations are not arriving on time. This is just what I heard, by the way. I don't actually know the full extent of the story, but it seems to me like this is very believable at this point. It'd be pretty difficult getting supplies up to places like Shepparton or places further out from Sydney if you live in New South Wales with these conditions. And all up and down the East Coast, yeah, I really wouldn't be surprised if there is just pandemonium in about three days. Hey, lucky me though. I have stored away a lot of frozen food and long-time food. Lucky me. Lucky, lucky me. That's another thing too. Don't ever buy into the idea of people being accused as hoarders. You shouldn't be buying supplies like this on a dead-end notice right before the event happens or during the event happens. Of course that causes price gouging. Of course that causes people to be quoted as hoarders and whatnot, but that's very short-term thinking. The people who build bunkers, preserve food, keep food like canned food for a very long time, just in the back. Buy a little bit each week with your regular grocery shopping. That should be your mentality. A bit late now, but if you 
you aren't in a situation like Australia is in, then start doing that. Buy a little bit each week whenever you do your grocery shopping and eventually it adds up. It's like a savings account, but for the apocalypse. That's pretty rad if you ask me. Also, if you're looking for a home, it's a little bit of a suggestion. I've been looking into it. Try looking into the land laws and acquiring a bit of land out in the bush or out in the nature somewhere and building a, a yurt or a cob or a log cabin. Just building an alternative home like that with a bit of permaculture inspiration. You don't have to live in a McMansion and you don't have to spend a whole lot on a home loan. And I would suggest that you don't take on any debt. The world debt is currently going through a serious death throw. And I know that I'm not zero hedge. I'm not going to start going, oh, it's going to collapse anytime now. Uh, I'm just going to say that right now it's not looking very good. As well as that, uh, the Kabul situation, I was watching that live. God help those people. The explosions, um, the, the ISIS descending upon the airport. And it was ISIS, by the way. And I've been watching some of the Taliban tweets about that and the Taliban are apparently not very happy with what happened. I wouldn't be happy either. The ISIS has just given a reason for America to continue not only staying there, but going back into conflict with them. Isn't that funny? Funny ha ha. Very suspicious. <laughs> oh, crap. I've been waiting three years for a situation as bad as this and I finally got my happening. How about that? I hope you did too. All right, I'm not. I'm not saying I enjoy it. I'm just saying that it's really paid off. All of the panic and fear that we've experienced, people like me, over the past three years, has truly paid off. Thank you for listening. Next time will be the finale for this season, and then after that, I will try going into a different way of presenting the show. And again. If you can donate to my Patreon, I will improve production. I'm looking at getting a Shure SM7B, the gold standard, with the tool I2. I'm also looking at getting a Rode Broadcaster as an alternative because it's an Australian brand, but I hear that uh, audio is a bit too sharp, too crisp for spoken word, but that's okay. I'll do with my little NT-USB mini and my horrible, horrible amount of background noise and recording in this walk-in robe, which has no... <laughs> It has a bathroom. It has a bathroom just opposite me. That's why you might be able to hear an echo in the background. Anyway, thank you for listening and goodbye. The government made the plague on purpose. The untested truths spun by different interests continue to churn and accumulate in the sandbox of political correctness Nine. and value systems. Seven. There are no nations. Ignite One. There are no peoples. Five. Mutant freaks fit only for killing. Three. I have a dream. Nine. Everyone withdraws into their own small Seven. gated community afraid of a larger forum. One. Leaking whatever truth suits them into the growing cesspool. Five. There are no Russians. Three, three, three. There are no Arabs. Not even natural selection can take place here. The long and powerful armor. The different cardinal truths neither clash nor mesh. No one is invalidated, but nobody is right. There are no third worlds. There is no West. For his own profit, a man who controls a political machine and controls everything else worth controlling. His head can be seen to move violently forward. The world is being engulfed in truth. <laughs> 